You're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam and streaming on iTunes and at obpapparel.com. Welcome to the inaugural DCAU Review. Uh, I am Cal Renner. I am accompanied by a very popular podcaster and my co-host that will be uh, a part of this journey as we as we move through uh, the DC animated universe. Uh, I, my brother and close friend, Liam. Liam, welcome to the first episode of the DCAU Review. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm just shocked that we were able to get such a popular podcaster as yourself uh, <laughs> to borrow him from the famous TWL podcast. And uh, I'm excited to start this thing with you. Obviously, known you for... A fair amount of time, uh-huh. I'd say, and uh, you know we uh, we share this love of Batman animated, uh, well, the, the Batman animated series all the way up through Justice League Unlimited, and uh, we've been talking for a while about just doing kind of an episodic uh, review, uh, going through the DC animated universe, and uh, I'm pumped, pumped to to start this with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, these shows. I think if you are a comic book fan of any kind. If you watch the, you know, I mean, there every, every two weeks now, there's a superhero movie coming out at the movie theaters. Superheroes have never been more relevant or popular. And so I think if you, if you, a lot, I think for the gateway for a lot of nerds when they were young, when they, if they were, if you were alive or if you were young during the era that these show, any of these shows that we're going to talk about aired, uh, this is probably your your gateway drug, for lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. It's uh, you know going back. Uh, obviously, I was I was around. You weren't even born. Obviously, when Batman <laughs> Batman the animated series debuted, uh, I was about four years old. I can remember uh, watching these uh, in the afternoons on, on Fox um, when they were airing, and. Uh, you know, not even realizing the full depth, obviously, of the uh, of the storylines, or even what most of these episodes mean or meant at the time, or what the subplots were, or other than Batman just kicking bad guy butt. Um, you, you know, it's it's hard to comprehend. It's so cool, and there've been thousands of pieces written on Batman the animated series and the relevance of it. So we're not going to go into all that, but uh, just obviously the the, the fact that they. Ro- created such an amazing iconic animated series uh and were able to not only write episodes that children would enjoy but that hold up and that adults also can enjoy with some very adult themes in uh, a lot of these episodes yeah absolutely i think that's that's the hallmark of a of a show that lasts and i mean you think and that that doesn't just extend to to these cartoons and you think about something like a, a pixar movie like toy story or something that when you're a child, you, you can watch it and enjoy it because it's fun and, and you know, light enough and, and kind of silly. But when you get older and you go back and you watch it and you see themes of jealousy and regret and sadness and greed and, and things like that that you maybe didn't weren't, you weren't you wouldn't think to look for when you're eight or nine years old. But you can then go back and appreciate it on a whole nother level when you're a bit older. Uh, absolutely, I think these cartoons are a great, op- uh, great example of that. 
Yeah, absolutely. They provide a cool commentary for stuff that was, um, you know, a lot of social issues that are still relevant today. Uh, so as we go through this, we're, we're going to go episode by episode and try and do this as regularly uh, as our schedules allow. Uh, but I'm, I'm really pumped to start here with uh, the very first episode of Batman the Animated Series. Uh, not the first episode that aired, but the, the very first episode as far as chronologically um, uh, that they that they released here. So it's uh, we're going to be discussing On Leather Wings today, and and when we discuss it, we're, we'll definitely throw in our opinion. We're gonna this is our show, so we're going to be talking about the opinion, how we like the episode, maybe some cool fun facts if we find it, we're able to find any. Um, but uh, we'll be breaking it down and rating it. Uh, we're going to have a rating scale, Liam, uh, that it's going to give people at home kind of our idea. Uh, and anybody that decides uh, that interested in listening to us and that decides to listen to this podcast, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on the episodes as well and what your scoring for the episodes are. So uh, we'll break, we're actually going to break each episode down uh, by a couple different uh, categories. Uh, Liam, what are those categories? We have four main categories. We have the plot, basic plot of the show, the animation, the music, and the voice acting. And if we have any other thoughts, we might we may occasionally add a fifth sort of bonus. Maybe we can add a few bonus points here and there if there's something that isn't covered in those four categories. But uh, those are those are the same. Uh, those are the main four. So basically, every show to sum it up will be from a scale of zero to forty. Cool. Awesome. So uh, I am excited uh, to talk about the the this specific episode. Obviously, this is a this stands out when I think of the episodes uh, of Batman animated series, probably because it's the first episode, Liam. Um, that that's why it's memorable because it, it it is the very first episode released. I remember even when buying the uh, buying the DVDs when they finally released the whole series on DVD, watching the episodes in order, and and this episode kind of. Uh, brings back a lot of memories watching it it was it was one of the episodes when uh, i was i was younger that was a little bit frightening uh deals with kind of a classic story of a mad scientist uh they they don't really tell you uh his motivation until uh, three quarters of the way uh through the episode itself uh but it's it's uh it's an interesting interesting episode for them to kick off on um the the villain, of course, uh, uh, of the episode is Mambat. Uh, Liam, let's let's talk a little bit about the interesting choice that they they decided to go with your very <laughs> first episode. Uh, you you have a Batman Rogues Gallery that is deep, and uh, as we'll see as we go through these episodes, they go pretty deep into the Batman Rogues Gallery to pull out some villains that. Uh, were uh, were a little more obscure. Of course, you have your regulars, but uh, let's talk about Mambat as the first choice uh, as a villain in this episode. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I thought it was a really fascinating idea. Um, just because, I mean, as anyone who's seen this and is listening to this probably knows, these these cartoons were pretty heavily influenced by the Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, uh, Batman and Batman Returns movies. So you might think, you know, for your first episode... 
uh, if you're pitching this to Fox and you're making a pilot, uh, maybe you put the Catwoman and Penguin in it since they were just recently used in the movies. Or you would perhaps use uh, the Joker, who's you know maybe the most well-known comic book villain, period, even at that point. And it was coming off you know a superstar like Jack Nicholson playing him just a few years prior. But they chose a sort of more obscure villain in Man Bat who had been used in the 70s and a little bit in the 80s in sort of some of the more classic Neil Adams, Denny O'Neill comic books. I don't want to get too nerdy on people here, but uh, he wasn't... That's that's okay. If if anybody's listening to this podcast, they're nerds. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. So, I mean, he, he was absolutely a character, but he wasn't in what anyone would consider a mainstay of the Batman rogues gallery. If you, if you say, if you go up to someone on the street, don't do that. If you go up to ask your friend, name, name a couple <laughs> Batman villains, they'll name you Joker, you know, Catwoman, maybe, you know, maybe if they've seen the dark Knight trilogy, maybe they'll name Bane or, or uh, scarecrow, but yeah, nobody's nobody out of the gate is going, is going, Oh, you know who my favorite Batman villain is man bat. No. Yeah. So it was just, it was a very interesting choice. Yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with you. I th- I think um I think it was it was definitely a risk, but they pulled it off the story itself and uh and really uh we'll, I guess we'll jump right into the our ratings here for different things. We'll start with the the uh the voice acting cuz that's where, that's where I want to start with. Um to me, I I think the voice acting this apart as far as an animated show and set the bar, um, especially for superhero animated shows going forward. Um, if you compare this to the voice acting of, of any of the Marvel shows from the uh, from the mid '90s, the the really 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 terrible Spider-Man and and Iron Man <laughs> and Fantastic Four episodes, now that really don't hold up. I don't know if you've watched any of those within the last. Uh, a few years or so, but watching them is, is pretty painful. Um, yeah, not just the, the low quality of the animation themselves, but the, the voice acting is just oh, it's so awful. <laughs> oh, it, it absolutely changed the game. I think when it comes to they weren't just there to do a cartoon and collect their paycheck, and part of that might be the recording process. Whereas most uh, TV and movies, if you're doing animated projects, you record all of your actors separately. Whereas for the most part on Batman the Animated Series, uh, the main cast of Batman and the villains and whoever else would record together. And I think that cannot be understated because it was allowing those actors to actually have a conversation with each other, to play off each other. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. And it's funny now because um, if, if you go and you ask people, who is, who, who is Batman? Like you have your conversations of actors, you know, some people stay, stand by Michael Keaton as their Batman. Um, of course, Ben Affleck has been the most popular choice recently with his portrayal. Um, but, Older generation would probably say Adam West. Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but you have a significant portion, and I don't know that you can say this about any other cartoon. You have a portion of people who will say Kevin Conroy is my Batman because yeah. and that tells a lot to to him his ability to um to use just his voice too because it's not act it's it's his voice acting you have people that say no no 
Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman. He's been asked, which is why he's been asked to do it so many times, whether in additional uh, DC animated movies that they've released in the last couple of years, the Batman Arkham games, uh, he's done them. Um, you know, Kevin, you can't say that about any other, I, I don't know that you can say that about any other cartoon character that people would have been translated into live action that people would say have an argument and throw in the cartoon version of that and say no that's my batman or that's my character yeah absolutely he's i think he's in a a class by itself i think a great litmus test is you can if you pick up a comic book and you see dialogue being spoken by batman whose voice do you hear in your head that to me is the litmus test and forever when I read a comic book, Kevin Conroy's Batman voice is going to be what's in my head when Batman is speaking. And I don't know that you can pay him a higher compliment than that. Absolutely. Uh, so for this episode specifically, uh, Liam, I gave, I gave voice acting an 8 out of 10. Um, I thought, uh, first of all, kicking off the, the episode, uh, which is sort of an, a little inside thing that uh, we'll, we'll talk about eventually if we ever get to just uh, – the, the very first voice that you hear, uh, um, other than this uh, pilot, is Kevin Conroy. He's doing a uh, his sort of a, a goofy Bruce Wayne esque voice as this other other police pilot. But I, I always think that's a cool little cameo that one of the first voices you hear is Kevin Conroy. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a, that's a great little uh, trivia factoid. And as you mentioned, as uh, eventually we'll get to Justice League Unlimited and. Batman Beyond, and we can kind of talk about that further, but it's, it becomes a, it's sort of like a, an, an iconic moment in and of itself, just as you said, yeah. who better than, who better than the voice of Batman to intro us to uh, this first episode of the show? But not as Batman. <laughs> Go figure. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I, I thought I thought that hit, of course his portrayal is both Bruce Wayne and Batman, and and in this episode specifically, it intru- introduces you into the difference. Doctor March calls him uh, on the back computer phone, and he picks up and he goes into his real high pitched, friendly <laughs> Bruce Wayne voice, and then uh, then you know he he goes right back to his Batman voice, which is his natural voice, which kind of goes to show you and speaks to that idea that uh, this character, he is Batman. Bruce Wayne is the persona that he puts on. Yeah, and I think that's that's in large part, and I've, I've read interviews with Kevin Conroy where he said that was a, a very conscious choice for him. And I think that's, that again, that's an example of something that's then gone on to inform pretty much every version of Batman since then. Certainly, yeah. From from your Bale to your to your Affleck, um, you know the, the Batman the Batman voice is something that is uh, is definitely iconic. It, you know, it's been parodied enough now, but that you're right. That started with Kevin Conroy um, really changing up the voice as a way to to not only strike fear in, into the villains' hearts, I guess, but also really this interesting psychological dynamic that that Batman. Uh, is the person, and Bruce Wayne is the, the persona that he portrays uh, part-time. Uh, but I, I, Kevin Conroy's uh, performance in this episode, just like just like most episodes, is, is untouchable. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed Robert Costanzo's uh, uh, time as Harvey Bullock. Again, a character that you hear his voice. I, I liked your, your commentary there. When I read a comic book and I, Harvey Bullock is a part of it. Uh, I hear Robert Costanzo's voice, uh, as Harvey Bullock, his, his, uh, his Harvey Bullock is iconic. It, uh, 
it establishes this character as uh, kind of a goofball and, and maybe not the, sh- the sharpest tool uh, in the shed, but uh, as, as somebody that is clearly a hardened uh, officer of the law and uh, is uh, a, a character that is going to be established well into the series. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you get it's, – it's a good way, and they, they do a pretty good job of introducing Batman's supporting cast very early on. Um, whether that be Alfred or Commissioner Gordon or, or Bullock. And you kind of, you can just, if you just hear their, their voices, the way they react, the way they talk, you kind of get a sense for who they are. And you, you absolutely get the sense that Bullock is, is the detective. He's kind of seen it all. He, you know, he works in this cesspool of a city and he, he doesn't really like the idea of a vigilante being in his city. So he's just kind of looking for a reason to go after Batman. Um, yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. He has he has the ability, and, and there are episodes later on that kind of lend to that uh, narrative as well. That he he's willing to bend the rules on certain things, uh, but he doesn't like the idea of somebody that's not deputized by the law uh, to to uh, to bend the rules on, on their own. Uh, in the case of Batman, but it's interesting. This episode starts uh, the sort of Batman uh, arc that we see throughout the series. Bullock, not really being a fan uh, of Batman here, but of course we see that the evolution of that carry on throughout the, the series. But this is a good way to establish them uh, butting heads initially, as he leads this, this task force basically mm-hmm. to to try and kill to kill Batman. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought also along the same lines with with Bullock's interaction, his interaction with with uh, Bob Hastings, uh, Commissioner Gordon. This episode also sets up a good dynamic between those two characters of. Gordon, the guy that that is a fan of Batman, he, who can't come out and fully support him because of his position, um, but uh, but it can can do what he can in his position to try and protect Batman, and uh, and he and he and Bullock bump heads a lot in this episode. Absolutely, I, I, again, I think that really sets the tone. You know, very quickly if you just watch this first episode, who these people are and what their what their kind of basic convictions are, and. And Gordon's a guy who just feels like, like, man, I'm drowning. I'm, I'm in over my head here. And so, like, we need help. We need this guy. Yeah, certainly. Absolutely. What, what did you think of the, the voice acting in the, in the show? What did you give it? Uh, I gave it an 8 as well, uh, ironically. Um, I just thought I was really impressed. And, like, like, we've been talking about for several minutes now. It's just everybody that needed to play their parts, uh, for the most part, <laughs> you know, get in and get out, tell us your motivation, you know, and, and sound convincing in the lines that you're giving. Uh, just about everybody was, uh, was pretty much on point here. With the exception of one character. Yes. Uh, that would be, that would be the first few episodes. Earl Bowen, I believe is the man's name, uh, played Alfred Pennyworth for the first, uh, maybe five episodes, four, four or five. And uh, just if you if you know F from Zimbalist Jr., who did him for most of the show and came back and played him on Justice League and other animated movies and, and such, when you hear when you hear just a different voice, uh, it, it's just so jarring. And he's a lot more like he just sounds he sounds very old and very kind of slow. And yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, no, no offense to the man. I'm sure he's a sure he's a nice guy. But compared to the sort of warmth and, uh, you know, sort of confidence and, you know, that, that Alfred would re- later bring to the show and sort of the, the guy along with, with Robin and with Commissioner Gordon who sort of brings 
Batman back from the abyss. Uh, going from that to this sort of very, uh, very different take on Alfred. It was it's super jarring. <laughs> very different take. That's that's a very kind way to put that. Yeah, I, I put in my notes. Uh, I I put in my notes. Alfred sucks. That was the uh, <laughs> that, that was what I put under my notes for voice acting. Yeah, I, I would have gave given it ten out of ten. Also, like you said, I, I don't think that. The, performance itself was bad uh, i just think that it's he wasn't alfred it, it didn't it uh it was interesting to me that they never went back and i guess there were there would have been production costs and stuff but they never went back and had uh them re-recorded it to Ephraim Zemblis jr re-record it um just so that it didn't stand out as much as it did it, it sounds like alfred has a cold or something like that's yes. what i <laughs> that's what i what i picture it as i guess uh, but yeah you're right it's 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 a little it's a little rough. Um, but one thing I, I do want to touch on while we were talking about those, these characters, you mentioned it before, but one of the most interesting things that I thought that this, this episode does, and uh, I put this under the things that I liked about this, Liam, was the, they didn't show Batman for the very first five minutes of the episode, which when you're starting a, a children's show about Batman, uh, it's a very interesting choice to make not to show Batman for those first five minutes. Uh, and then, but then, it, it did give the, the series the opportunity to establish some of these characters, uh, like we already talked about with Commissioner Gordon and Harvey Bullock, uh, as characters that uh, have a lot of depth and that let, really let the audience know that, yes, this is a Batman show, but the, the characters around him aren't just hollow pieces. We're going we're gonna to build these guys' stories themselves. We're going to give them some depth and, uh, and really make these guys just as important uh, as Batman himself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you look at the the Keaton movies or even, you know, the old 60s show, which obviously is a completely different animal, but I mean, Commissioner Gordon and and his various, you know, police chiefs or detectives that he worked with in those in those shows and movies were generally just kind of not necessarily bumbling, but not particularly capable. They're just kind of, you know, the villain gives his demands to the police and the police immediately have to call Batman to come solve them. And, you know, you get, you get the impression that they, they would have trouble. They might have trouble, uh, you know, going to the bathroom by themselves. Like it's, <laughs> uh, it's more Batman. It's not, it's Batman working with them to make the city better rather than them just sort of sucking their thumbs and, and crying for Batman whenever, you know, whenever the villain of the week comes calling. That's that's very true. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, and it really led to the the ability to have episodes later on in the series that kind of focused more on these characters and their arcs rather than just every episode is about Batman and how how messed up Batman is and him him kicking kicking villain butt. Like it it really allows you to build uh, a sort of yeah. uh, sort of universe or that that allows you to to create character depth. It's not one dimensional. It's not just about Batman. It's not just about Batman fighting bad guys. There's real humans involved in this city. Uh, it really adds another dimension to to Gotham City as a whole. Absolutely. Agreed. Moving on. So we covered our voice acting, both uh, eight, 8 out of 10 for voice acting. Uh, we'll go on to a, an easy one here. Let's let's talk about music. Uh, what, did you, what did you think about the music for this episode? Uh, I think there's a couple of times where the music really adds a lot. I think the opening theme... Right away, you get you get strings and a very ominous feeling 
so the opening <laughs> music that plays over the title card, and then sort of as the beginning, as they're showing kind of sweeping through shots of buildings with bat, uh, with man bat silhouette flying, uh, you know, fly his shadow, I suppose, flying, uh, flying next to them. I thought it adds a lot to the atmosphere. The music was actually composed uh, by a woman named Shirley Walker, who uh, was was used by Danny Elfman. Obviously, the iconic Batman theme, which you hear in the in the Keaton movies and then was used for the for the main title of the animated series. Yeah, it, it's uh for me, so you what was your what was your ranking for it? What did you get of it? Uh your final score. I actually I gave the music a 7 cuz I thought I thought it it swelled and as far as setting up uh sort of very an ominous tone and again kind of showing that it's not your this isn't the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. This isn't Super Friends. Like you're this is legitimate uh you know there's orchestral music being played, I think is, I thought it added a lot to the atmosphere. So I gave it a, a seven. Cool. Seven out of 10. Awesome. Um, so I, I'm going to disagree with you just a little bit. Um, I, I think that the, you are spot on with the, the Batman theme. Uh, we didn't even talk about the, the initial Batman theme, but the, the, the Batman theme itself and the, even the introduction to the show sets the tone uh, for this program itself, uh, the scene of the the bank exploding and the the, the Batman and the uh, the introduction to the to each episode uh, is really iconic in and of itself. And uh, uh, really, it's it's interesting that it, at the time, not a lot of animated shows were doing uh, more than just kind of a mix mishmash of clips. Uh, from different episodes as the introduction, if they were doing an intro at all to the show, and yeah. uh, Batman, Batman set itself apart by doing its own animated short, essentially as the introduction to the show, and really set the tone. And uh, but uh, honestly, for this episode, music overall, with the exception of the scene uh, that you mentioned, the be- very beginning uh, from the title card up to the scene, the the, the, the blimp going through the clouds uh and then the the scene where batman is attached to uh man bat and they're flying through the construction site i really uh, the music just kind of blended into me it, it didn't really stand out very much uh in other spots I, I felt like it was it was kind of kind of an afterthought um there was no memorable theme as, as we go through these episodes about some of the themes the theme music that that different people have. Obviously, Robin uh, has his own theme. Uh, the Joker has his own theme. Uh, Two Face, Catwoman. The, these characters have their own themes. Mm-hmm. Batman, uh, Man Bat himself, I guess, wasn't uh, a prominent enough player to get a to get a theme song that that really stands out and remember that is easy to remember. And, and those other characters are featured in multiple episodes, so maybe that's why it's those stand out to me as opposed to this episode. But I I gave the the music in this episode a three out of ten just because, like I said, with the exception of the the intro to the show itself and uh, and the scene the fantastic phenomenal scenes we're going to talk about in the, in the animation portion uh, of the, of Batman being attached to, uh, to man bat himself. I really, really didn't notice the music at all and, and didn't really think it added much to the, the episode. All right. So uh, for that so far, voice acting, we both gave it eight out of 10 for the music. You gave a seven out of 10. I gave it a three out of 10 uh, moving on to animation uh, animation itself. Uh, so my brief, brief thoughts on this the animation is fine i think that uh as we go on through the episodes uh, this will probably better ones there are there are a couple right at the beginning that the animation is a little iffy the only things that stood out to me that i, I thought 
took me out of the episode a little bit. There were a lot of scenes where they chose the camera to sort of be uh, far away from, from what was going on. It was sort of like a, a, a panoramic view of the scene. Mm. And because of that, the details on the animation itself were very bland. They were very blocky. Um, and it, it's hard because we don't have a, an HD. They haven't released a, an HD copy of, of the Batman animated yet. I, I, they're planning on doing that soon. Um, but when something's very low, kind of low quality, it's not, it's not HD quality, and you're you're watching it on a bigger screen, and you can kind of see that the the drawings don't have that much detail. It, it seemed to me there was a, a, a number of, of scenes where it was just that panoramic view, and the characters looked very blotchy. They didn't have a lot of detail drawn on them because it's a far away view, and uh, and uh, it, at times I, I thought that the the animation was was even super cartoony. The the part of the episode where the SWAT team gets out of the uh, <laughs> running out and they're like <laughs> that, that, that animation there the guys look super super weird um dr march i thought sort of resembled the penguin a little bit i, I didn't necessarily like his his character design uh it was an interesting choice he had a very pronounced nose and those same like shaped eyes that, that the penguin has yeah um I, I thought and i think part of that design i think goes to they wanted to make a creepy guy for the the misdirection that he was going to be the guy that sure. turned out to be Man Bat, so they just—I think they sort of just sure, went that's... sort of sort of a generic, more mad scientist look. Whereas Kirk Langstrom looks like a you know a J Crew fashion model, but um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. You, you yeah, he, he did kind of the old guy to turn out to be the monster. Yeah. Yeah, he, he kind of looked like a little Igor-ish, I, I guess, is, is the look they were going for. Um, but uh, I, I thought that leads to the, the Langstroms. I thought the Langstroms looked fine. Um, you know, Kurt is, is the last person you'd probably think uh, that could be the man bat, uh, just like you said, based on what you said, he looks, looks kind of like a suave dude. Um, I thought that the transformation when they finally reveal Langstrom go- turning into Man Bat was, was phenomenal, especially for the time, um, the technology that they have to use. The, the it's sort of a little slow mo, so it kind of takes away a little bit. But I, I thought that the ability to take this human form and how are you going to turn this into a bat and not make it look completely not- yeah, agreed. Uh, I mean, they, there's some some of the transformations. If you compare this to say. Uh, the one that really sticks out to my mind, which we'll get to later, would be the clay face transformations they did oh, later yeah. on, oh, yeah. which are just phenomenal. Yeah. If you so, if you have that in mind, yeah, this this comparatively is not is not on that level, but it still it gives you that that very creepy feel. Is you know his voice changes very slowly, and you sort of you know you see his ears change. They didn't they didn't do the transformation off screen, which I think. Uh, for animation reasons, may have been a cheaper choice, a more economic choice, but they they did at least show you sort of the the basic transformation of his his skin changing, his ears growing larger, his you know his fangs growing in. Uh, they I think they did enough, but yes, compared to some of the later work they were able to do with with a character like Clayface or some of the stuff they did with Scarecrow um, and some of the fear toxin hallucinations. Yeah, this one is is probably not as impressive if, if you're, if you've seen, if you know what's coming with the rest of the show. 
Sure. Yeah, I, I thought they did a good job. It, it was it was interesting because there's a couple points in this episode. I'm not an anime guy, but just watching, comparing uh, some some of the DC animated movies that have come out recently in the past several years have been more on that anime style, and, and the the like the close ups of his teeth uh, kind of changing into fangs, and uh, even one of the scene the scene with the SWAT team. They're, they threw the grenade. There's an up close on one of the guys' mouths. It really reminded me that they had taken uh, taken some stuff, lifted some stuff from some some of that Japanese animation, which was kind of leading the way and creating innovation at the time. Um, so, but yeah, I'm sure they borrowed some of that stuff from that. To me, the scene that that st- stands out the most, and and when I was watching it today, I, I paused it and rewound it because I was like. Wow, that was incredible. The the scene where Batman is attached to, to Man Bat's foot and uh-huh. uh, it's after he kind of smashes into the, the blimp, but he's attached to him and they go through the the uncom- like the, the construction scene. The way that he flies through and then the camera pans while Batman uh, is holding on to it kind of gives us three dimensional look to uh, to the scene. I thought that mm-hmm. was just amazing like I, I i couldn't believe i was like this is and something even that, the yeah go ahead yeah even the minor detail, even the minor details like bat the way batman's cape flows mm. during that is yeah. is really well done it's very fluid mm-hmm. um and animating cloth like that i'm sure is a painstaking and not fun process but absolutely yeah the uh the that that scene in and of itself was the 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 top scene really stood out for me um like I said, I, I don't know how much they were borrowing from from uh, anime and and using the the, the Japanese animators that, that they were using, but the I thought that that scene, just the fact that there's so many twists and turns, and Batman does a kind of like a loop de loop, and then and it it's just it's mm-hmm. fantastic. I if, if you watch one scene from this episode, I would recommend that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's a scene right at the start of the chase where. They have the moon in the background, and Man Bat flies up and then goes down, and so Batman's kind of following him, and the the rope is looping with him. It's so well done. Yeah, absolutely. So I ended up giving I ended up giving uh, the animation a six out of ten, just because I said some of the some of the um, some of the stuff was a little goofy. Like I said, the SWAT team I thought was a little goofy. They did a good <laughs> job. Uh, that Batman scene, I, I honestly, without that scene, I think I probably would have given it uh, maybe a, a four or five. But uh, that scene in and of itself uh, knocked it up a whole whole point for me. What about you? Uh, yeah, I, I gave it an, an eight out of ten. I really, really, again, I think it's that the the kind of opening bit of the atmosphere building as they're sweeping through all the buildings of Man Bat at the beginning of the show. And then the the transformation scene, and just like a little thing where where Man Bat he first turns into Man Bat in front of Batman and is about to attack him, and then uh, uh, Kurt Langstrom's wife walks into the room, and Man Bat looks at her, and like his ears go down. Like we we both have dogs, we've yeah. caught them probably going to the bathroom in the house at some point, <laughs> and that's the look that Man Bat gives to his wife. It's like, damn it, you, yeah. caught, me, you caught me trying to kill Batman, um, right? But I just I thought there was a lot of little flourishes in the, in the reactions, uh, you know, Batman's reaction to the transformation. Uh, mm-hmm. so, some of that I think really really added to it. And then as you you uh, very uh, very eloquently put it with with everything you went over in the for the for the sort of final battle, I just yeah I I uh, 
again, so I, I totally agree. I totally see what you're saying with the points about the some some of the the middle part of the episode. But I thought again the kind of the beginning and uh, and then the transformation and all the way to to the end of the episode are just really solid. So I yeah I, absolutely yeah I I get I was I was a big fan of this. Cool. All right. So uh, a- animation. So. Uh... Animation you gave a uh, you gave eight out of ten and I gave a six out of ten on that. So uh, finally, yeah. uh, our our last point is the plot. Liam, what did you what did you think of the plot? I um, mean, it's basically uh, it's impressive because most of these stories are standalone as we go through the animated series. As we got into some of the the other shows going forward with with Superman and Batman Beyond, and certainly with Justice League, we sort of saw more overarching plots plots that would you know take whole seasons to unfold. But here it was very much a, uh, you know, a contained, it's 22 minutes. Uh, they got in and got out. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't like super spectacular. As you mentioned early on, it's, it's very much sort of the, the mad scientists, uh, right. you know, tampering with, tampering with the laws of nature. It's, it's very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very much a, you know, sort of a sci-fi horror thing they're going for. Um, and I mean, I think it works and it works for, for, uh, you know, again, this episode had a lot to do. So the sure. overall plot, I wouldn't say is spectacular, um, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's serviceable. I think, I think that's maybe the word I would use for it. That's good. That's, that's a good way to, to put it. I, I think the good of it was the, the fact that there was a mystery, uh, you talked about in the animation choices, the misdirection with, Oh, who is man bat? You know, is it, is it this creepy doctor that is acting all shady? Uh, you know, that doesn't want to, that's lying to bat, clearly lying to Batman. Um, so the misdirection and, and the mystery as to who the identity of man bat I thought was, was good. That's always a, a good plot point. Um, um, the motivation, I think, for man, the the villain itself, I, I thought that was the weakest. One of the weakest points was it, it, they don't really give you a reason why uh, Kirk Langstrom decided to do this, other than he kind of wants to be ahead of the curve of evolution, I guess. And um, it, it meant that Doctor March had had considered doing, but he was he was too scared. So I, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And his, yeah. his motivation was was kind of unclear as to. Why would it, dude? If you have the smoking hot wife and you're a successful <laughs> scientist, why? Like, why would you do this? Other than you know, you just want to like. It, there was no like. There was no reward for him to do this. You know, other it's, than maybe living yeah, longer. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's sort of like Manbat sort of takes cues from uh, the lizard, the Spider-Man villain. But at least, mm. at least in that way, you had the character who had lost his arm, and so he was experimenting with right. the lizard the lizard gene to try to, you know, regrow limbs and help not right. only himself, but help potentially, you know, everyone that's ever had a, a, a an appendage amputated. Uh, whereas this one, he's just like, I kind of just want to turn myself into a bat. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. It would be cool. Right. Yeah. Uh, this sounds cool. I, I want to be the guy that did it. Not, not my idiot father-in-law. Like, yeah. I, okay. And I think, uh, I, think, I think they actually handled this better, uh, and we can get into this a lot more later, with when Batman Beyond did the splicing thing. Oh, yeah. Where they, they sort of introduced, you know, characters who would, it's almost more treated as a drug or something, where, you know, guys, you, you splice a little bit, so it's, a, you know, a human woman with, you know, with the sense of smell of a, uh, you know, of a rodent or something. Like, that kind of stuff makes a little more sense than just literally turning yourself into a giant bat, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that, that that took away a little bit from the episode. The other thing that I didn't necessarily like was I felt like the uh, Man Bat himself was very easily defeated. Batman covered his eyes and he flew into a wall. Uh, <laughs> and then he's, he's apparently incapacitated enough to for Batman to somehow get him into either the Batplane or the Batmobile, drive him all the way to the Batcave, still knocked out, and to you know, on the Batcave uh, examining table... Um, and then Alfred asks him pretty quickly if there's a way to reverse it. And it's kind of solved off screen that Batman figures out. They don't really go into depth how he figured out. There's like a little scanning thing done by the back computer. And then voila, he's back to being Kirk Langstrom and the sus out of his system. So I, I felt like it was resolved a little bit too easily. I, I get it. It's a 22 minute episode of a, of a kid's, right. what is supposed to be a kid's show. So some of it, you kind of have to, you kind of have to grin and bear it. It's not a feature length film. Um, but I, I just felt like it was a little resolved a little too easily. Yeah, that's that. I think that's fair. Uh, it's, it is very much a, a, a deus ex machina type of thing where he defeats him and then just like, yep, I'll, you know, he, he does all of the, the science. I mean, they, they do, they do at least do a decent job of showing that, that Batman is a detective in this show. In fact, it shows how incompetent sure. the, the Gotham City Police CSI <laughs> department is. As they miss a, uh, as they miss the the tape recorder with Mambat's uh, howl on it, and miss like five bat hairs, um, giant bat hairs. Well, in yeah. in their defense, they didn't have the the red goggles and spray the bat. Right. Batman just comes and puts goggles on and starts spraying something, and all of a sudden he can uh, find everything. But uh, I mean, it's 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 yeah. So you, you do establish that he's a detective here. You don't. You don't do a great job of showing, you know, Bruce, you know, Batman or Bruce Wayne as a scientist here, but because sure. as, as you mentioned, he pretty much just like you could have just. It may have even been better if they had just said, "Well, the the effects were only temporary, and he turned back on his own." And then maybe you could you could put that in the back of everyone's mind of maybe the Man Bat will be back one day. You know, you know, is is it inside? Is is, is the serum still inside of him? Can he change whenever he wants? Kind of make it more of like a. I guess more like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Um, but they, they kind of just decided, nope, he's cured. <laughs> nope, he's cured. All is well. All contained in one episode. Yeah, yeah that, that was an interesting piece. What, what was your score for the, the plot? Yeah, I gave it a, a 5 out of 10. Again, nothing horrible. I still very much enjoyed it. As I think if you've listened to our show here, we, we definitely have more good to say about it than bad uh, by far. But uh, yeah, it's, it's very... Like you said, I think it's just it's just by the numbers. And as we covered, they had to do a lot. They had to introduce sort of the whole supporting cast and, and sort of establish Batman himself. And so there was basically, if you only have 22 minutes, that's your first 16 minutes or so are, are doing that. And with sort of the subplot of the police going after Batman because they think he's responsible, there's really only, you know, they're like, okay, we got four minutes to have them fight and for Batman to cure him and, and the end credits. <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. The ending, ending felt just a little rushed for me. So you gave it a five out of 10. I gave it a six out of 10 just because, uh, again, I, I think there were some, some good things. Uh, but it, as far as does it, does it measure up against some of the better episodes of the show? No, I think it's iconic because it is the very first episode. Um, if, sure. if this, if this had been placed, you know, further down uh, the 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 
release dates, or, you know, the chron- chronologically released a little bit later on. I, I don't know that it would have uh, as great nostalgia feels as it ha- as it has for us watching it today. Um, but uh, you know, it is it is the very first episode, so uh, it, yeah. it has it certainly has a special place. Yeah, and I do think there's something to be said for the fact that they kind of just jump right into everything. There's not you don't see mm-hmm. Bruce's parents die. Um, which, uh, and that's not just a Batman thing when it comes to movies or cartoons. It's kind of a, you always have to start with the origin story for the most part. And in, uh, in DC and Marvel movies, you got to show Krypton blowing up. If you're doing a Superman movie, you got to show uncle Ben dying. If you're doing a Spider-Man show or movie, you gotta, so just the fact that they basically jumped in and like, okay, I mean that, that opening title card that we mentioned there, you know, the title sequence, that kind of gives you all you need to know about Batman. It's like, yeah. Bad guys are going to show up. He's going to drive the Batmobile to go get them. He's going to confront them. He's going to look awesome, and he's going to beat them up. Like you get, you very much get. This is who this guy is. This is what he does. This is how he looks. All in, you know, fifteen or twenty, you know, twenty-five, thirty seconds. Uh, anything else you want to cover? Any anything else, good or bad, that, that stood out to you? I mean, I mean, again, I think it's just fun to look at how this is. This is the origins of of something that really came to influence everything that came after it, whether that be superhero cartoons, superhero movies, uh, or the comic books themselves. I think it really cannot be understated how influential the Batman, the animated series and, you know, Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski and, and Paul Dini and many others were as far as adding, adding teeth to certain people, adding backstories to characters. Well, certainly get to a say something like Mr. Freeze, who's just sort of a generic villain uh, up to the point, or obviously the biggest glaring example is the introduction of Harley Quinn, uh, mm-hmm. who is a phenomenon now. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's really, and it's, it, so it is fun to look at all of the stuff that's come since then. You know, it all started here. It all started with on leather wings. Like that's, that I think is why this is, as you mentioned, if this wasn't first, it might not hold a special place in so many fans' hearts. But because it is, you have to sort of it's, – it's the pioneer. It's the pioneer of, of almost everything. It's the founding father of, of not only the entire DC animated universe, but of, you know, of many different mediums that have come since. Certainly. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this has been fun. Awesome. Uh, so we've got one in the books – uh, we're looking, hopefully, to have one uh, one out in the next couple of weeks after this. Uh, do this semi fairly regularly as our schedules will allow. But this has been fun. Uh, if you guys enjoyed this, we'd love to get your feedback. Um, you can find us on Twitter right now. We're at uh, at DCAU Review. Um, you can feel free to tweet us any feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts on on Leather Wings. Uh, what you thought of the episode itself? Does it hold up? What was your score? Uh, what did you think about the plot, animation, music, and voice acting, and anything else that you think stands out about it or Batman the Animated Series as a whole? Uh, so we'll catch you guys next time. We appreciate you listening to the very first episode of the DCAU Review. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye.